and we are live you already know who it is my name is mike kyle aka the fantasy vulture i have over a decade worth of fantasy football experience and have continuously competed for fantasy championships over the course of the past eight seasons let's make it nine in 2021 shall we but enough of me I'm here for you on today's episode of the FV Show. We are going to continue our NFL Draft preview a month out. We're going to go through every single AFC team and break down what they need entering the NFL Draft all through the lens of fantasy football. So we're talking quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. So if you're excited for this video, be sure to hit that like button down below. Also hit that subscribe button so you never miss a video from me, the rookie content is coming at a quick pace i think over the course of the next i don't know 30 something days i have 40 rookies to break down so we're going to be doubling up here in the near future if you guys missed the nfc preview you can click it right above here there's going to be a card that, that will take you to that video and i hope you guys check that out and then also check out the website ffvulture.com a lot of really great offers on there i'm breaking down my rankings all my data and analysis, and I'm even giving one-on-one -on -one fantasy football coaching lessons as well, and that's all going to be over on the website. But without further ado, let's get started. We're going to kick off with the AFC North, and we're going to start off with the Baltimore Ravens, a team that got it going at the back half of 2020, but really did struggle out of the gate. Of course, led by Lamar Jackson, you got J.K. Dobbins is back for year two. Gus Edwards is still part of that backfield. Mark Ingram departed. I mean, he honestly didn't even play last year, uh, but Mark Ingram is now a member of the Houston Texans. We'll talk about him in just a little bit. And then at the wide receiver position, you got Hollywood Brown. They bring in Sammy Watkins on a one-year deal. Devin Duvernay, J uh, James Porche also there, uh, both going to be second-year players. And Mark Andrews at tight end. And this shouldn't be too surprising here. The Ravens need a fucking wide receiver one. Like a legitimate wide receiver one. We thought that maybe Hollywood Brown could be that. Didn't ultimately turn out that way. And doesn't look like that it's going to be the case. Also not to mention that, albeit, you know, the offense isn't really structured around the passing game as much as it, as a, as much as it is the run game. But they needed a player. They need a player, should I say, that when it's... Third and five, third and six, third and eight, or a fuck, even a fourth down. Who can you throw the ball to with confidence and say, go make a play? And they don't have that unless his name is Lamar Jackson, right? So with that being said, you're looking at Baltimore definitely eyeing up a wide receiver here. Where is their first round pick at? Just out of curiosity. I think they still have their first, if I'm not mistaken, right? They have 27 they have 27, and again, as I've talked about, this draft is once again just loaded with wide receivers. I think I have like 17 of them to break down, and so there should definitely be a viable option for Baltimore in that spot, and I actually think that you look at what this team needs, not only just for fantasy, but honestly just for general football purposes, and wide receiver is damn near at the top of the list if it's not permanently there, regardless of how you're looking at the Ravens. Up next, let's go over to the Cleveland Browns. Baker, you got the dynamic duo in the backfield with Chubb and Kareem. Odell's back, should be fully healthy, ready to go. Jarvis, Rashad Higgins, who they brought back on a one-year deal, and Austin Hooper. And I'm going to say it, like, unless we're going to nitpick with quarterback here, and I'll, I'll say it, Baker 
got it going at the end of last year and, you know, won a playoff game. Um, this team doesn't need anything offensively, right? Like, if you want to say Baker, I get it, just in the pure scope of fantasy, but they're not going to draft a quarterback like Baker's their guy. So you go through, you go up and down the list now. They're probably going to re-sign Chubb this season at the end of the year. Kareem, you're fine. Od- like Odell's back. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Jarvis is still a player who I absolutely love. Higgins shows up when he gets the opportunity, and they paid Austin Hooper a shit ton of money last year. So this team has no holes on offense from a fantasy football perspective. Up next, Cincinnati. Let's talk about the Bengals. Joe Burrow, unfortunate injury during his rookie season with that torn ACL. He'll be back, locked in, ready to go. You still got Joe Mixon. However, Joe Bernard, free agent, left this offseason, is still currently unsigned. So you have Samaje Pirine in that backfield right now. And then your wide receivers are currently T. Higgins, Auden Tate, and Tyler Boyd. A.J. Green leaving Cincinnati this offseason to go join forces with DeAndre Hopkins over there in Arizona. And then their tight end is Drew Sample, who shown some flashes, but never ultimately panned out to be anything consistent. And you're looking at what this team needs. And for me, I immediately look at tight end. Uh, Drew Sample could be a player, but if you're if you're Cincinnati, right, and you have the fifth pick in the draft, which is I think where they're at. If you're Cincinnati and you have the fifth pick, let me verify that. Yep, you get the fifth pick in the draft, and you're Cincinnati, and Kyle Pitts is on the board. Tight end out of Florida, just an absolute monster of a human being, both in terms of size and speed and overall athleticism. How can you possibly pass that up to help Joe Burrow, help your young quarterback, get him another weapon? Because, damn, we saw what Joe Burrow looks like with a full cast, with an army, with an assault of offensive weapons at LSU. And I think it would be the smartest decision possible for Cincinnati to just keep loading up their offense with some of these guys. We saw T. Higgins ball out during his rookie season. We know the talent that is Tyler Boyd. Hell, Auden Tate even had flashes as a wide receiver two or three in the past. And so you just bring in a guy like Pitts, a guy who can stretch the field both vertically, has some room to grow blocking-wise, but regardless, the athletic freak that he is and the playmaker that Pitts is sure as hell negates any concern uh, that he could possibly have, and just having that weapon for Joe Burrow would be so perfect, so fucking perfect. Let's keep going, and let's stay in the in the AFC North to round it off. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, this team is interesting. So all the talk about is Big Ben coming back? Is he going to retire? They bring back Big Ben, restructures his deal. Uh, James Conner leaves this offseason. So your running back room is currently Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, and they just signed Kalen Balazs to a one-year deal. Okay. James Conner walked this offseason. And then your wide receivers are Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Juju. Juju's back for a one-year deal, $8 million. Also had offers from the Chiefs and the division rival Ravens. So that's an interesting choice. Uh, We all know how much Juju does love Pittsburgh, though. And then Eric Ebron is there at tight end. I look at this offense, and to me, it's pretty simple. First thing you look at is definitely running back. Um, we've always kind of hoped that Benny Snell could turn into something, but personally, from what I've watched, I don't think he's done enough to warrant high praise yet, or just like a guy who you can confidently give the ball to consistently and say, go get us first down, get us in the end zone. 
I just don't think he's done that enough yet. And Jalen Samuels is just your very prototypical pass-catching running back, like your, your, your third down back. Um, Kalen Balage, he's definitely been on the come-up um, recently, but even still, if you look at his track record, it still isn't all too impressive either. Uh, but you do look at Pittsburgh, man, and the thing that makes this so interesting is they have the 24th overall pick in the first round. And as I stated in the NFC video, you have three top-tier running backs in this draft, and I don't think Pittsburgh spends that first-round pick on a running back, but man, like, that's that's interesting. Like, you tell me Pittsburgh gets the pick of the litter between Travis Etienne and Najee Harris, and that's very enticing, especially with Mike Tomlin, who's a guy who loves to run the football, a bell cow head coach, and you know that whoever the whoever the running back is going to be for the Steelers is going to be productive, right? It happens every single year. It's clockwork. So to see one of those guys potentially land in Pittsburgh is very exciting to me. Let's switch gears now. We're gonna go to the NF. Or I'm sorry, to the AFC East. Um, let's go to Buffalo here. I mean, my goodness, right? Josh Allen. You got your running backs in Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Uh, Stephon Diggs had a monster season last year. Cole Beasley's back. Gabriel Davis, they bring in Emmanuel Sanders as well. And then Dossie Knox is there at tight end. The obvious answer here is running back. Um, Devin Singletary doesn't profile as a workhorse. Hasn't been that. Hasn't been all too great either. Hasn't been efficient. Zach Moss was banged up during his rookie season. But even still, when he did get his opportunities, there was meh. It was meh. It was very average. It was very below average. It didn't do a whole lot of things that really did impress you. And Buffalo is another one of those teams with the late first round pick where you're looking at it like, hey, they might be able to do some things here at the running back position. They have the 30th pick in the first round. And I've seen a ton of mocks, a ton of mocks uh, projecting Buffalo to take one of those running backs in that spot, right? And it's so weird how we're now at this point of how devalued the running back position is, right? Where the idea of taking a running back in the first round is now just so mind-blowing, right? If you remember, if you remember, it was even just a few years ago, like Zeke went number four overall, Saquon Barkley went second. So we do often have these running backs go high, but now we're seeing the actual trend where that value is just slowly dropping because the understanding now is running backs just grow on trees now at this point. So the fact that we're now at a spot where the idea of taking a Najee Harris, a taking a guy like Travis Etienne, who was a surefire first-round draft pick last season, um, the fact that like we're, we're, we're talking about these guys in ways of where it's like, eh, uh, do, do you want to take him in the first round? Like, are you going to be the team that takes running back in the first round? It's just like, yo, yo, listen, if anything, if anything, right, take a running back in the first round because you have that fifth-year option. And to me, that's kind of what this comes down to. And if you're talking about a little inside tip for dynasty drafts, for rookie drafts, um... Running backs that go in the first round need to be absolutely prioritized, right? It's, I mean, it's definitely one of the reasons why Clyde Edwards-Alaire went 101 outside of the fact that he went to Kansas City. But you look at these players who are coming in, and it's like, okay, in a vacuum, do you want the player who's going to be on the same team for five years, 
or the team that's going to be on the year for four, or that's going to be on the same team for four years, excuse me. And the reason why that matters is just because you get that extra year, right? You don't know what the future of DeAndre Swift is going to be in three years, but you know damn sure that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be on Kansas City for the next four years. And so just having that extra year is super important for me when I am evaluating rookies and running backs specifically about where they land in the draft, where I have them in my rookie rankings. Going over now, let's go to the Dolphins, and the Dolphins just made moves. Like, the Dolphins are just doing the damn things now. They're going for it all in. You got Tua at quarterback, running back for Miles Gaskin and Salvin Ahmed. Devontae Parker is back. They bring in Will Fuller on a one-year deal. Preston Williams coming back off of that injury. And then Mike Kosicki at tight end as well. And you go through what this team needs right now, and... I'm going to say quarterback, right? Like, I actually don't have quarterback written down, but I'm just, I, just what I saw from Tua. Tua just appears to be a dude um, and had, didn't make a whole lot of great, oh my goodness, plays during his rookie season. Maybe that was nerves. Maybe that was just him still learning the ropes of the NFL, you know, and it is always hard to compare when we have guys like Joe Burrow and guys like Justin Herbert balling out who were in the same draft class and Tua is just really being progressed along in a way that that allows him to take his time but this Dolphins team is absolutely in a position to try and win now Um, and I'd be very curious to know what they do if they decide to try and take another quarterback or what that situation looks like I don't project it uh, but for me personally Tua not the biggest fan of however I will say this the rumblings of the Dolphins taking a running back it make it makes sense. It, I don't I don't love it. I don't and the reason why I personally don't love it because of the fact that I have Miles Gaskin as part of my dynasty team, right? And I want to be able to hold that value. But you look at, at where their picks are. They have the 18th overall pick in the first round. I project them to probably go. Damn, what do they do there, right? Because they traded up for the sixth pick in just a flurry of moves. I mean, my goodness, right? They trade. I mean, they trade with the Eagles. Uh, they trade up and they just give up a ooh ooh that deal. Um, so at six, it's like you're look because I also have wide receiver down for Miami as well. So at six, they're now in the position for Devonta Smith or Jamar Chase, and it's like oh my goodness. Um, so that in the reason why that actually matters is because of the fact that Will Fuller is only on that one year deal. Um, I don't know what Devonte Parker's contract is. I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. Um. But having Will Fuller only there for one year, we'll see if he walks at the end of next offseason. So being able to kind of have that guy, if it's Devonta Smith as your third wide receiver, and we also know the injury-prone nature that is Will Fuller, um, I think that's a really intriguing option for them at six because of the uncertainty that just surrounds Will Fuller and their wide receiver core as a whole. Let's call it what it is. Um, But then having the 18th pick in the first round, and then the fourth pick in the second. I mean, again, you're just in a prime position here where they could go running back relatively easily with one of those two picks. And as a Miles Gaskin dynasty owner, I would hate that. Uh, But looking at what this team needs, I definitely understand why they feel like they might have to go with that route in that direction. Let's go to the New England Patriots now. They bring back Cam Newton, which I think was a surprise to a lot of people, myself included. So Cam's back. Cam also didn't look great last year. Um, We'll see what happens with a hopefully new and improved offensive weaponry and offensive arsenal. 
Sony Michelle, James White, and Damian Harris are your running backs. And then you have Nelson Aguilar, who they bring in for $13 million. Okay, two for 26. Uh, Julian Edelman, and then just the big splashes here. Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith in that tight end. Uh, we're going to see some Gronk Hernandez action, it looks like, from New England once again. And you go through what this, what these offensive pieces are, and it really does just stick out like a sore thumb. And that's, to me personally, running back. I don't think Nelson Aguilar is your answer, and I know that Julian Edelman's also getting up there in age. But the fact that you just have like this revamped receiving core in general, uh, spanning across wide receivers and tight ends, makes me value that a little bit less. Uh, just because you basically signed... Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry to fill one of the voids at wide receiver, right? So I look at this, and this just screams running back, right? Sony Michelle had one playoff run, and ever since then has been an absolute ghost. Damian Harris hasn't really gotten it done. James White gets it done when he's on the field in third down, but you're not going to utilize him as an every down back or really anything close to that. With the Patriots, where are their picks? I'm very curious about this, right? They have the 15th pick in the first round and the 14th pick in the second. They also have the 33rd pick. Uh, yeah, the 33rd pick in the third. Um, I mean, it's definitely like they aren't going to go. They're not going to go running back in that first round. They won't. Um, the projection that everyone's giving is that everyone is given is Mac Jones, quarterback from Alabama. We'll see, right? I, I guess. Um, but then you go to like the 14th pick in the second. Uh, again, you're looking in that range where maybe Javante Williams is there, although I do expect him to be gone by that point. Uh, because the thing about this running back draft class is that you got your top three, and then there's a significant gap. There's a significant gap, excuse me. Then there's everybody else, and that's where this gets really interesting: is who's going to go off the board when in that second, third, and fourth tier of running back. So I look at that, and like maybe you look at a guy like a Kenny Gainwell is there in the third round, a Trey Sermon in the third, um, a Jarrett Patterson in the fourth. We'll see how that all shakes out uh, for New England, but I definitely think that they, need to, that they need to focus on the running back position. And let's wrap up the AFC East with the New York Jets. Sam Darnold, Michael P. Ryan, Tevin Coleman, one-year deal. Uh, Corey Davis, they bring in this offseason at wide receiver, Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder, and then Chris Herndon at tight end. Um, this team needs a lot. Like, they're still pe multiple pieces away. And the obvious answer here is quarterback. Sam Darnold just has not turned into anything whatso whatsoever. I don't fault him for that, though. Um, I've always been, admittedly, a big Sam Darnold guy. But you look at what the Jets have done and the pieces that they put around him. And they haven't. They just simply, like, Jameson Crowder is his best wide receiver and has been his best wide receiver since he's entered the NFL. And Jameson Crowder is a what is a, is a top what wide receiver in the NFL? Top 25, maybe, right? Like, if you had to go down the list, where does Jameson Crowder actually slide into that? We'll see what Denzel Mims does in year two. And obviously, Corey Davis was their big get this offseason. But this team needs a quarterback. They're the number two overall pick. Bring my boy, my baby boy, Zach Wilson to New York. Please, God. Please, God, just do it. They also need a running back. Um, Michael Pirine, who I've loved. But 
I don't think is going to be given the opportunity. They bring in Tevin Coleman on a one-year deal. I'm not making much of it, admittedly. Uh, and then even tight end they need as well. Uh, Chris Herndon had his one flash as a rookie and since then really has fallen off the face of the earth. Uh, this team does have two first round picks though. So if I'm, if I'm, if I'm the Jets, I'm just going straight fucking offense, which is really funny because they bring in, uh, Adam Sala, uh, or I'm sorry, Robert Sala, uh, from San Francisco to now coach this team, a defensive minded guy. And oh my goodness. Oh my god! Like, are they really gonna go offense with their first two picks? Like, I hope so. Like, for my for fantasy sakes, I hope so. Uh, but they are primed. Like, if you tell me the Jets walk out of the first round with Zach Wilson and Travis Etienne, I'm over the fucking moon. I am over the fucking moon if that happens, right? Because I've I've always since last year I look at the Jets and it's just like, damn, like you're so fucking close. You are so fucking close. And if they do that, just to kind of read this to you back now. Zach Wilson, Travis Etienne, Tavin Coleman, Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, Jameson Crowder, and Chris Herndon. Like, that's a hell of a list. That is one hell of a list. And you're, you're going to be able to put some points up on the board with those guys. Now let's move over to the AFC South, a division that is all up in the air now at this point. Just so many different offseason moves happening and a lot of moves to be made. Let's start off with Houston. Deshaun Watson, I, I, when I was making this list, it was like, am I even going to put Deshaun on it? Because I don't anticipate him playing for the Texans this season. And I think it's very, very likely that he actually sits out because they like he has no leverage. Like Deshaun Watson has no leverage here. He's still under contract, just signed a monster deal. And the Texans have no reason to trade him. So I think that it's a game of chicken. And I think Watson is absolutely willing to sit this one out. In the running back room now for Houston, though, David Johnson restructured his deal this offseason. Philip Lindsay, they bring in on a three-year deal, I believe it is. And Mark Ingram is also brought in this offseason as well. So you got this three-headed monster of just dudes, which stinks because David Johnson was so good last year, so underrated, so consistent. And it hurts me to see his opportunity just ripped away, especially after they restructured his deal this offseason, which I was so excited about because I was like, yes, we're going to get one final year of David Johnson. My dynasty team is going to re- is going to remain afloat at the running back position. And then they bring in Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay, and I'm like, oh, my God, what are we doing here? Um, I am really excited for Philip Lindsay, though, in this role because I don't anticipate the Texans being good this year. Um, and Philip Lindsay is, has always just been this guy that just gets it done, like just consistently gets it done. And I'm excited to see the ways that they utilize him. Their wide receiver room is Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, and Chris Conley. Oh my God, that is disgusting. And then their tight end is Jordan Aikens. Um, Darren Fells left this offseason. What do the Houston Texans need? The answer is every, I'm going to be like, the answer is kind of everything. Um, David Johnson, I let's dial this back. Let's go back a position to Deshaun Watson. We don't know what the future of Deshaun Watson's going to be for multiple reasons, might I add. So you might need a quarterback. You look at this running back room, and unless Philip Lindsay's your guy of the future, you need a running back. Uh, and then you go over to wide receivers. Who, else, who are you throwing the ball to after Brandon Cooks? 
Randall Cobb ain't getting it done anymore, neither is Chris Conley, who's never turned out to be anything other than a wide receiver three on any given team. You need a wide receiver, like, who, who, like, I, Brandon Cooks needs to get 125 targets this year. Like, it's the only possible outcome, right? And then Jordan Akins, who, fine, whatever, bottom tier tight end, you need one of those too. And the thing that makes it so terrible, if I remember correctly, yeah, yeah, I just pulled it up and yeah, it's not good. It's not great, Bob. Uh, they don't have a first or second round pick. So if I'm Houston, yo, dude, you got to get you got to get on the phone. You got to get on the phone. And it's like, hello. Yeah. How many first round picks would you give me for Deshaun Watson? Like that's that's the line that you're starting off with, because how are you supposed to rebuild this team whatsoever that was so depleted defensively uh last season and now you lose JJ Watt and you lost a few other pieces on this team as well and what like what the fuck are you supposed to do like I don't I don't know I don't know the future for the Texans is so dark so grim so stormy and I feel so bad I feel so bad because Texans fans deserve so much better Let's move on to the Colts, shall we? Maybe one of the biggest moves of the offseason, the Colts trade for Carson Wentz from Philadelphia. All right, you replace Phillip Rivers, retired this offseason. You're running back for Jonathan Taylor, and you do bring back Marlon Mack, which was certainly something that I didn't really expect, but it happened. Your wide receivers are now Michael Pittman. You bring back T.Y. Hilton due to fan service. And then you have Paris Campbell, who hopefully will be healthy and ready to go for his third season. And then you have Jack Doyle at tight end, as well as Moali Cox is still there as well. Looking at what this team needs, I point to two different categories. The first being wide receiver. Um, we'll see how much T.Y. Hilton still is left in the tank. I admittedly don't think it's going to be a lot. And Paris Campbell simply hasn't been on the field enough for you to be able to gauge what his talent and what his skill set actually translates to in the NFL. So you're looking at Michael Pittman, who has stud written all over him and really question marks, right? So being able to kind of have that wide receiver too, throw him into the system here, I think will be really helpful for Carson Wentz and this Colts offense. And then also tight end. Uh, Jack Doyle has always just kind of been a guy. And Mo Cox, who I think we all just love for theatrics, uh, hasn't been able to see consistent snaps uh, either. So unless something changes there, those are the two spots that I think the Colts need to attack this offseason. I'm sorry, through the draft specifically. Let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars now. Currently on their roster is Gardner Minshew. And then we have James Robinson, Divino Zigbo, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones. What a get that was for them this offseason. LaVisca Chenault and Chris Mannert at tight end. Um, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's Trevor Lawrence time, baby. It is. Sunshine is going to play for the Jaguars. Um, like, that's. Come on. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not spending any time here. Don't overthink this. Take Trevor and just call it a day, call it a day. But other than that, you're looking at tight end. I think that's one of their biggest needs. It's one of the things that they've tried to fill multiple times over the course of the past few off seasons. You look at them trying to bring in Tyler Eifert and James O'Shaughnessy, and neither of those guys really did work out. And this is a team that's been lacking tight end since shit. Mercedes Lewis back in the early 2000s. 
Um, James Robinson, I think, just continues his workhorse role uh, coming up back off of his insane rookie season. There were some trade rumors about DJ Chark, but, yo, like, Chark is that dude. Um, I just don't think he's had the quarterback to really help him uh, in that pursuit to become that dude. And Marvin Jones is just as elite of a wide receiver, too, as you could possibly get. Uh, so to get him in this scenario, in this situation in Jacksonville, I mean, that's going to make Trevor Lawrence's life so much easier. And I can't wait to see what Marvin Jones does with Sunshine as his QB. And then last but not least, for the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Darrington Evans, A.J. Brown, Josh Reynolds, who they bring in from Los Angeles this offseason, the Rams specifically. Then you have Chester Rogers, and the big like the big thing here for me is you know they don't bring back Jonu, you don't bring back Jonu Smith, the guy who was an absolute red zone threat and Ryan Tannehill's best friend in the red zone, and you just kind of supplement him in with Anthony Furcher, who's played well, admittedly before he's had his moments, but has never again strung anything along that turned out to be anything consistent. But you look at what this Tennessee Titans team needs, man, and it's one word. It's one. It's I guess I guess technically it's two words. Oh, what just turned off? Oh, my leg just turned off behind me. That's cool though. Um, you look at what this team needs though, and it's very obvious, and that is a fucking wide receiver too. Currently constructed, right? Because Josh Reynolds is just a speed dude. Just throw it to him down the middle of the field, and you know he'll kind of do what it do. But he's not. He's not anything special, right? So as currently constructed, A.J. Brown legitimately might see 200 targets this year because who the fuck is Ryan Tannehill actually throwing the ball to now at this point? Um, where do the Titans pick in the first round or second round? I feel like they have their first round pick. They do. They have the 22nd pick in the first round, right? Like that gets interesting because like who's going to be there on the board at 22? Like is Rashad Bateman going to be there at 22? Is... Um, is Rondell Moore going to be there at 22? Like, that's a guy who I would, oh my God, imagine. Imagine Rondell Moore with the Tennessee Titans and just being able to just carve up the middle of the field. Like, you throw A.J. Brown on the outside and just Rondell Moore is just running slant routes. And they're just, I mean, they're just running play action with Derrick Henry. Just play action and bam, right over the middle. And Rondell Moore is just going to carve you. Oh, my God. Oh, please give that to me. I think that might be one of my favorite predictions now, or favorite uh, dream destinations, rather, for any prospect. Give that to me so much, please. And then lastly, let's wrap this up. With the AFC West, we're going to start off with Denver here. Drew Locke, Melvin Gordon, Royce Freeman, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, and Noah Fant. Uh, pretty simply put, I see two holes here for this offense. Number one is quarterback. I think we've seen enough from Drew, from Drew Locke now. We know he ain't it. Uh, I don't expect Denver to go quarterback this draft, admittedly. Like, trying to think of like what else they need uh, as a whole. Like, they have the number nine overall pick, but, like, shit. Like, if Trey Lance is, like, I think, to me, that kind of becomes the question now, right? As previously discussed, with the 49ers moving up to the number three overall pick, the presumption is that you have Lawrence, Wilson, and then another, a third quarterback, a third quarterback off the board, in the first three picks, right? So you got those three gone, and as I've said, this is pretty much a five or six quarterback draft, depending on what your grade of Kyle Trask is. Um, 
so then you like so then you go one two three so three quarterbacks off the board and so you have two left and one's presumably to go to Carolina and then you have this kind of leftover right and does Denver take that shot at nine does New England take that shot at 15 like are there other options here uh, where some of these guys could go does Washington take one at 19 um it's a really interesting conversation to see what Denver does. I ultimately don't think that they do it, uh, but we do know that they need a quarterback in the near future. And then the other position where I think they're good, where I think that they might go is running back. Um, the reason why is yes, they still have Melvin Gordon, but Mel- Melvin Gordon has one year left on his contract, so it would not shock me if they tried to get ahead of it early and just bring in that running back. And that way, that running back knows the system for next year, and they're willing to just slide him in and just have this nice. Uh, I guess what's the right word? I don't know. I don't know what the right word is for this, but they basically just have this nice transition. Actually, uh, that's that's the word. Oh God, that's such an easy word. Uh, they would have this nice transition from Melvin Gordon into whoever they drafted, and then by the end of next year, bam, uh, just kind of cream rises to the top. And then let's go over to the Chiefs now: Mahomes, Clyde, Daryl Williams, Reek, Mikole, Robinson, Travis Kelsey. The gang's all back, right? Um, but even still, with the gang all being back, this team actually needs something, and that is a second wide receiver, in my opinion. Yes, Travis Kelsey's first two reads—I'm sorry, God. Yes, Patrick Mahomes' first two reads are going to go to Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. But if you look after that, ooh, it gets it gets ugly real quick. McCole Hardman hasn't really turned into anything, and Demarcus Robinson hasn't really either. And so you're looking at what they could possibly do, and I definitely think I would not be surprised to see them go wide receiver uh, in this draft. If you actually recall last year, there was the rumor that quickly swirled around that the Chiefs were exploring options to trade up for Henry Ruggs. And with their picks right now, you have the 31st pick in the first round and the 31st pick in the second as well. Actually, they have the 31st pick in, one, in four straight rounds. Um so looking at how that could shake out for them, wide receiver, definitely an option. All right, let's go over to Vegas now, shall we? You got Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake comes over from Arizona this offseason in one of the most confusing moves uh, of, of the past four months. Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, they bring in John Brown, another confusing move, and Darren Waller at tight end. Looking at what I think this team needs, number one, like, as much as I hate to say it, they need a fucking wide receiver. They need a fucking wide receiver. Let me, actually, I'm going to rephrase this just a bit. If they plan to utilize Henry Ruggs the exact same way that they did last year, they need another wide receiver. If they actually decide to use Henry Ruggs in many different facets of the offense and use him in a variety of different ways then maybe they don't because they just use Henry Ruggs as this guy, as their Swiss Army knife throughout the entire offense, Brian Edwards on the outside, and John Brown as your deep threat. But I'm going to be honest, I don't think John Gruden's smart enough to do that. So I expect him to go with the wide receiver. And then I also think that they need a quarterback as well. I'm just not really a big Derek Carr guy. I do know that he played well last year. You don't have to tell me that. Uh, but to me, I've seen enough from Derek Carr where I don't think he's going to be a guy who can take you over the top and really lead your offense to some of the high-scoring shootouts that you need, especially in this division, facing Kansas City twice and Los Angeles twice, who we're going to talk about in just a moment. Actually, let's talk about them right now, shall we? 
Justin Herbert, quarterback, just rookie sensation. Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly in the backfield. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Jalen Guyton. And then Jared Cook, who they bring in from the Saints this offseason as a free agent. Looking at what this team needs, um, wide receiver three, definitely an option if they just want to spend like a fourth round pick on a wide receiver, try and get them groomed and ready to go, especially with the future of Mike Williams on this team so up in the air. And then I actually look, and I think that they need a tight end as well. Jared Cook's a guy who gets in the end zone, does a lot of things well, but he's definitely on the back half of his career. And I think if I remember correctly, they did only sign him to a one-year deal. Let me vet this real quick. Jared Cook. Can I get a... Hmm. Can I... Does this have it? Yeah, it's a one-year deal. Right. So since it is a one-year deal and tight ends do take time to develop, um, I would not be shocked if they went with a tight end in this draft. Uh, one of the ideas that I really did like was Kyle Pitts to this team, but unfortunately, with some of the teams picking before the Chargers at 13, Pitts usually sh easily should go before then. But my God, like what a fun, what a fun matchup that would be uh, to run a stack, to run a Herbert and Pitts stack or something like that in the future. And just the way that this offense is able to generate points, uh, having Kyle Pitts in a system like this would be so damn exciting. But that's going to do it for your AFC draft preview. These are what every this is what every single AFC team needs if you missed the NFC again you can click it right up here card's going to take you to that video if you enjoyed be sure to hit that like button down below subscribe as well so you don't miss a video from me and then actually leave a comment down below number one who your team is and number two what rookie do you want them to take in the first round of the NFL draft and then last but not least um check out the website ffvulture.com offering a lot of really cool fantasy football packages this season over there um, you're looking at weekly advice you're looking at data and spreadsheets that i'm just giving away to you guys um, and then one-on-one -on -one training and coaching sessions as well which i'm really excited about to implement for year two but i'm gonna get out of here thank you so much for watching and remember you aren't in your feelings whoa that is the wrong intro oh well this is awkward and remember, people come and go, but fantasy championships are forever. All right, later. I'm still rusty. Bye.